If you want to retire early, it's safe to say a financial plan can help, but when you hear financial plan, you might hear investments, and your cousin might hear insurance, and your neighbor might hear taxes. So there's a lot when it comes to a financial plan. The goal today is to distill it all the way to fully understand what are the rules of thumb that you should absolutely avoid when it comes to an early retirement, and what are the rules of thumb that you should follow based off of my conversations with clients, based off my experience in seeing what really works when it comes to having a successful early retirement and everything in between. So I'm going to go over that today. But before I do, if you are a new listener to the show, a very warm welcome. I want to give you all the tips and guidance so you can feel confident in your ability to retire early, call it before age 65. So some people are listening to the show in their late 40s, others early 50s, some early 60s, and you want to feel confident that number one, you don't run out of money, and number two, you optimize what you've worked so hard for. So let's hop right in, and before I do, once again, as always, I make this content on YouTube as well, so if you'd prefer to see my face as we're going along this as I make examples, you can of course digest the content that way, and lastly, this is of course what I love to do. So if this is of interest, feel free to check out in the description how to work with me. But let's hop right in with that being said, the first rule of thumb I want you to avoid is the 100 rule. And what this says is very cookie cutter. And if you've been listening to the podcast for some time, you know I'm anti-cookie cutter. I'm all about customization because you've worked too friggin' hard to not absolutely make the most out of your investments. And what this is saying is if you subtract your age from 100, that's the amount that you should invest in stocks or in equities. And so let's pretend you're 50 years old, subtract 100, you should have 50% in equities. Let's pretend you're 60 years old, subtract from 100, you should have 40% in equities. And the idea is not horrible, meaning, okay, the idea they're trying to portray here, as you get older, you should own less equities, be less risky. Now, when I say risky, I'm putting that in quotation marks, because what is risk? Now, this can go be a very long conversation, but it doesn't need to be. And here's why. When people define risk, they define it normally as the not so fun ups and downs, if you will, otherwise known as volatility of the stock market, but that's short-term risk. To me, the real risk is that you could have done more trips, you could have retired earlier, you could have spent more, and you didn't because you didn't have a full understanding of what your portfolio can support. And when I say support, meaning the difference of equities versus fixed income versus cash versus alternative investments, what is that optimal mix? So when people say, how much you know, should I have in equities? I say, what are all of our income sources? Because let's take two people. Let's pretend one person has a pension that supports everything that they need and they have an additional million dollars. Should they be fully invested in stocks or should they have a call it 50% allocation to equities if they didn't need the money? Well, I would argue in that case, it might make sense if they have a pension that supports all of their income needs, that the remainder of their investments can be invested in equities, considering they're not tapping into those to support lifestyle. That's without talking about social security or rental income or inheritance or anything along those lines. But if we take someone else and let's pretend this other person doesn't have a pension, but they've saved, they've invested well, and they now have a portfolio worth a million dollars. So that person be invested 100% in equities 
More often than not, the answer is no, because the last thing you want to have happen is the market pulls back. So the market goes down. You need funds to live off of. And at this point, you have to sell funds at a loss. And that's what we want to avoid. And so when we look at good planning, it's not enough, in my opinion, to just say, okay, let's subtract our age from 100. And that's how much you should own because it doesn't go deep enough. So that's number one. Number two here is that you need to save 10 to 15% of your income for retirement. Now, I'm all about an early retirement, not because I'm in love with the idea of retiring early, but because I truly am in love with the idea that you do not have to keep working if you don't want to. I am in love with the idea that if you wanted to retire earlier and spend more, wonderful, here are the trade-offs to do that. Maybe it is saving more. Maybe it is investing differently. Whatever that trade-off is, it is my job to quantify that for my clients because when people reach out and go, all right, I don't know if I should keep saving. I don't know if I should do Roth or pre-tax or I don't know what I should do when it comes to any my investment allocation, I go, how on earth could you know if you haven't gone through a planning process? And so not that any of you are feeling bad, but I don't want you to go through a plan either with myself or some other advisor that resonates with you that focuses on early retirement planning. And so this first that first rule of thumb, subtracting from 100, I I don't love it. The second one I don't love is save 10 to 15% of your income for retirement. I get why people talk about this. And Dave Ramsey often talks about this, but my issue with it is let's pretend your salary is $60,000 and you want to save 10%. Well, if you've saved $6,000 every single year and you don't invest that well, odds are inflation is going to eat you up and you're not going to have enough to retire. So as opposed to taking a percentage basis, I would first like to go, okay, based off of income, based off of all these moving pieces in my life, taxes, cash flow, and so many other moving pieces, we need to understand comprehensively, one, what can you save that doesn't allow you to absolutely sacrifice quality of life today? I mean, if you're bringing in 60000 and you want to max out your 401k, okay, good luck with that. Because if you're going to put twenty five or 30000 bucks to that, reality is I don't know how you're going to be able to do some other things in terms of you know traveling today and making sure you're putting food on the table and getting to still go out to eat and do some fun things. So it's about managing, okay, yes, we do need to save for an early retirement. And guess what? I'm kind of making it sound like, okay, you kind of need to not save or not save too much. I'm not saying that at all. I want this to come across as if you want to retire early, guess what? We need this income for 40 plus years. So I need to make sure we are saving and investing really well. On the flip side, I don't want you to just go, oh my gosh, Ari, yep, I've heard the podcast so many times. I need to save and invest 20, 30%. And if I don't, I won't be able to retire early. No, there's more to it. It's how much are we going to spend? How are we invested? Are we doing those tax planning techniques that I've talked about in other episodes? So there's more to it than just save 10 or 15%. Why I do like it is save something and commit to it. If that's 15% earlier on in your career and you've stuck with that and it's worked well for you, awesome. Keep doing it. But the reality is if you, for example, have a healthy salary, call it $500,000, do you need to save 10% of that? If you're not saving 50,000, are you going to be okay? Yeah, you still might be okay. So this percentage, not a rule of thumb that that I go, hey, if you're not doing 10, 15%, it's not that you're not going to be okay. And even if you are doing it, it doesn't mean, yes, you are in a position to retire early. The last rule of thumb before I go into some positives here, I know I can seem like a negative episode. My, that is not my goal, of course. Just want to make sure you're not spending time thinking about things you shouldn't be, in my opinion, of course. 
The last one is that 4% rule in retirement. And it's the idea that if you have a million dollars and you take 4%, that's $40,000, you can be rest assured you won't run out of money for 30 plus years. But the study doesn't go deep enough. That's a study done by Bill Bangin. And it was fine years ago before other studies came out, which showed that reality is you can take out a lot more than that between 5.2 to 5.6%. So not 4%, not 40,000 of a million, but closer to 52 to 56,000 dollars if you're doing the right things, investing the right way. And that's investing from determining based off how markets are performing. It depends based off of specifics in terms of the withdrawal strategy, when you pull income, what account are you pulling from? So there's more nuance to it. But the idea that you just have to rely on this 4% rule, you have to keep saving and saving and saving. And until you have $2 million and you can pull $80,000, that's just not the case anymore. If you invest well and you do the right things, you can be confident that you can take more than 4% out. And by the way, that 4% study was done for 30 plus years. So if you retire at 65 and you follow that 4% rule, it was shown that you could last till 95. The reality is if we're looking at retirement and in early retirement specifically, you need this money to last for 40 plus years. So not 65 to 95, but maybe 55 or maybe 60 to 100. And I don't want you to run the risk of running out of money, especially if there's a long health expectancy. So because of that, I want to make sure that we're doing the right things. And the right thing is following a good withdrawal strategy based off of modern financial planning and recent studies, not saying we have to rely on that entirely, but to go, let's use that as the base case here. So those are three rules of thumb to just please avoid that subtract your age from 100, you know, save 10% or 15% for retirement, and then using that 4% rule in retirement. Now let's hop into some fun stuff, the fun stuff that I'm smiling as I'm recording this episode, which is the rule of 10. This is a rule of thumb I do want you to consider following, and here's why. The rule of 10, that's for big discretionary purchases. I want you, whenever you make a big purchase, to reflect on how that would make you feel in 10 days, 10 weeks, and 10 years. The perspective of the 10 days, weeks, and years really makes you think differently before you make a big purchase. And so if that's anything from a home to, wow, in 10 days from now, yeah, I think I'd still love this home. It's new. 10 weeks from now, yeah, it's exactly what I could see myself in. 10 years from now, maybe it's not quite 10 years, but you still go, yeah, this is something that I really feel confident in. With other things, maybe it's a boat. Maybe it's saying, hey, you know what? There's a trip I want to take. And, and more often than not, that trip, more people go, yes, that was an experience well worth doing. But before you make any individual big discretionary purchase, I like to just do a quick check-in rule of 10. How will I feel? And this is more of a behavioral thing than anything else in 10 days, 10 weeks, or 10 years from now. The next one is regarding home payment. And so I believe that your mortgage, including taxes and insurance, should not exceed 30% of your gross monthly income. So when people talk about how much home can I buy, what's a sustainable amount of home that I can afford, this is an amount that to me, I go, okay, how much income would we possibly need monthly to make sure that we would be okay and probably not have to sacrifice our other goals. So when people look at their income and they determine, okay, am I above that amount? Am I below that amount? 30% of a gross monthly income, to me, your home, your mortgage, your including taxes and insurance should not 
overtake that. Now, the reality is if there's other inheritance or if you go, you know what, Ari, I'm just someone different where I'm never going to stop working. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I just love the idea of doing something um, for the next 20 years, whether it's part-time income or you go, you know what, my spouse and I, we have a significant age gap between us. There are always more considerations here, but when people talk about how much house can I afford that 30% gross monthly income, that's the first place I like to start. It's a rule of thumb because more often than not, that makes sure that you can still accomplish your other goals. The last thing I want to have happen is you see that dream home, you get that dream home, and now all of a sudden you're feeling really good, but there's something in the back of your head that before you go to sleep, maybe you're wondering, am I going to be able to retire early? Am I going to be a position to support what's ultimately what's most important to me, which to most people is having their time optimized. So having control over that time. That's my my second rule of thumb. And my third one is an interesting one. It's I want you to spend five to 10% of your income on you. Now I'm not talking about rent. I'm not talking about a mortgage. I'm not talking about the insurance that you pay on your car. I am talking about fun you. And here's an example of that. Right now, I play soccer. I love playing soccer. And I'm actually a part-time owner of a semi-professional club team here in soccer. And I love playing on that. Now, our semi-professional team does not make money. But that's not why I do it. That goes in my fun money category. When I look at my auto insurance, to me, that is not fun money. That is a bill. Yes, I need it. Yes, it's important, certainly. But that is is not in my fun money category. And I've seen so many people that reach out to me, they show me their budget, and I'm seeing one to 2% of actually what they're earning being spent on the enjoyment of the day-to-day life. And I want to make sure that yes, as we're thinking of the long term for an early retirement, yes, we are on track for that. But I also need to make sure you are enjoying what you are working so hard for today. And that is so often forgotten. And sometimes you just need permission to see it from a professional. Sometimes it's, hey, I just don't have other things I know I would want to spend money on. I'd rather have that go towards the future. And that's okay too. But separate it from a mental accounting perspective, create a different account. And that you can cut title if you'd like. I have clients that do this fun money account and they'll put 500 bucks a month towards that and they know if they want to tap into that they can do so guilt free entirely and that can be invested for them it can be not invested i've seen it every which way you can imagine but it's about really making sure as you are saving and investing and you're doing the right things if you're maxing out your 401k if you're saying yes are in addition to that i'm doing a roth ira um we're doing some call it a thousand bucks a month if you will to a brokerage account on top of that but i still find there's a few hundred bucks left over at the end of the month what do i do i go enjoy it please because the reality is, yes, you can keep saving. Yes, you can keep investing. Will it put you in a better spot financially? You bet yourself it will. You could hear what I was about to say there, but you bet it will. And so my goal here is to allow you to have confidence to please go do more of what you want to do. And maybe it's not changing lifestyle. Maybe you're still going to go travel, but you're going to do it a little differently or take a few extra days or not worry about what that means for work when you come back. And so it's just saying, how can we align this? And as you can imagine, personal finance is more personal than finance. A lot of these rules of thumb are behavioral, and we are all susceptible, no matter how amazing you are, to common behavioral traps. And these rules of thumbs help to place some guardrails, if you will, to our own behavior. I joke to my clients, but I go, hiring me is almost like going bowling, where right now you could bowl and you might get a gutter ball, you might get a spare, you might get a strike, but you also um, might do a few gutter balls. There might be a few spares, then a few gutters. There might be a lot of strikes. There might be a few pins that go down. And my job is to act like the 
bumpers. So I want you to be going through life with the bumpers up. I won't let my clients underspend. I won't let them overspend. I want to make sure you're doing everything you want to do, what's most important to you. And I'm keeping them accountable to truly what's most important to them. So you can go, hey, Ari, here's what I care about most in life. Help me accomplish that. Then it's my job to look at the taxes, look at the investments, make sure you're protected from an insurance perspective. So there's a lot to it. And if you can't tell already, I love doing it. And if this is something you're interested in, you can always reach out to me in the description below. If not, that's perfectly fine as well. I know a lot of people are listening to this right now. They just want this information. They want the education, and I am happy to provide it. That's why I love doing what I do. If that is you, I kindly ask that you leave a review if this podcast has been even remotely helpful so I can make sure I can keep making this content for more people. So thank you all, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey, guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial tax or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.